never will I be cured as yeah. much as I would love that. Um, it's, it is a daily battle. Um, but the longer you go, and I think a relationship with God and your community is so crucial um, in recovery um, because there are always thoughts of, God, you know, this really sounds great right now, or this would really help me out, or this would really help me focus. Um, but that's all it is today is a thought. Um, and, um, you know, it is a constant, you have to constantly work at it. You're listening to the Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt. And I'm Pam Canaley. Pam. Mel. <laughs> we have a story for you, single moms, today a story about addiction, recovery, grace, triumph, all of the words that make up a friend of mine whose name is Chelsea Williams. Chelsea, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Pam, I, we have Wish people- you could see her. This should be a, a video Isn't podcast. she the cutest? She's the cutest oh, thing. Stop. Look at those pink nails. Isn't she cute? It's Barbie pink. Okay. <laughs> it, it is. It is Barbie pink. Pam, we, I feel like a, a lot, we have guests and we're like, hey, this is our friend. Um, but Chelsea and I, I don't know if she would say this. I'm just going to send it out to the world and say, Chelsea, now you're friends. Hmm. Because every Thursday evening and most weekends, we spend all of our time together. Do you know why? Why? Because our incredible teenage sons play a game called baseball. Oh, goodness. <laughs> we have cheered together. We have. And that's why we're friends. Um, I judge parents by two things. There are parents that cheer for their kids and there are parents that cheer for all of the kids. And Chelsea is one of those. And mm. I really gravitated towards her because she was so encouraging to everyone. And I just was like, I'm going to sit by her. And now here we are. It's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> that so is wonderful. Today we're going to hear Chelsea's story um, that is wild and fun and sad and exciting and all of the things. So before we even get started, Chelsea, what would you like people to know about you? Gosh, um, I am a mom of four and I am in recovery. So that carries a lot of baggage and it carries a lot of strength and um, craziness along the way. Yeah. Um, so just trying to navigate all of that. Um, so yeah, I've got two boys, two girls, and they have, have the two boys have, have seen more than their share of what they needed to. So, um, but this story does have a happy ending. So, yeah. And it's continuing. Yes. And what I told Chelsea before we started was that, um, the, it's not, and I, and I don't fully know your story yet. I know some of it, but the messier the story, the more glorious the victory. And so moms, if you're listening today and you feel like your story is messy, well, you know what? That can be a very good thing, and I hope you find encouragement today from Chelsea as she shares a bit of her story. So, Chelsea, with that being said, can you give us a quick overview of the story we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, so my story begins with, oh, the typical, quote-unquote, gateway drugs. So you have the weed, you have alcohol, and so... You know, I would use 
till I would pass out or would just get so intoxicated nobody wanted to be around me and no one else really went through that so in the beginning I felt like I was on this island of you know why isn't everyone else passing out and throwing up all night and um, which eventually led to meeting a guy of course guys in the picture always seem to mix things up and bring a lot more chaos into the situation and so was introduced to pain pills at that point and then I just thought that I found a cure to um you know livelihood um so it just took that weight of just being uncomfortable in my own skin um so I was molested at a very young age and I believe that that really you know made me just not feel feel like you know every other girl growing up should feel I always felt very uncomfortable in skirts or anything girly so I tried to basically be this tomboy and just you know anything to where um, guys would not look at me whatsoever I did not want to to form to have that attraction um, of of any man looking at me so I tried to to be this boy um, all my life uh, from playing softball and um, you know, my brothers wouldn't really, they weren't the nicest, so they would be calling me lots of, of names that would make me think that, yeah, yeah, you know, I am a guy, and I am, you know, just, you know, things that, that no girl growing up should ever hear um, constantly every day, um, you know, day in, day out of these things. So um, I tried pain pills for the first time, was introduced to it by my uh, boyfriend, and and it's just like a release of, of um, you know, all, all these, you know, terrible things in my head and, you know, just feeling alive again, I guess. And so um, ended up getting pregnant through all of this um, twice. And during these two pregnancies, you know, I did not have the strength to put drugs aside. So I would use through both of these pregnancies. And this is what drugs do to you. Um, they take away everything that um, is important or should be important, and it is thrown to the side. And so drugs are, are number one. And so um, any mother with common sense um, would naturally, you know, not put anything toxic in their bodies. And to, to me, that, that was my escape. You know, I was at 23 years old, I still felt like, you know, a kid myself, I couldn't even take care of myself. And so I would put all these drugs in my body and, um, you know, just kind of numb everything out. Um, and I did that not once, but twice. And so I uh, hated myself for a very, very, very long time to where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Um, I did not want pictures of me. I did not um, enjoy being around family because I was tired of the nagging of, you know, get your life together. Or why, why don't you just quit? And um, that was a, a big one that my mother always asked. And um, I could never have an answer. You know, it always sounded good at the time when I was, you know, high. Yeah, I'll quit tomorrow. Um, but then once the withdrawals kicked in, um, you know, I could never uh, make it more than four hours without, you know, putting something else in my body. And um, so eventually, uh, one by one, my my boys got taken from me. Um, 
Uh, one of them, the um, Child Protective Services was called uh, on my oldest, and uh, I'd already signed over guardianship to my mom um, because I just knew it was coming. Um, so I went to treatment shortly after, and uh, people, places, and things is what they tell you in AA, and <laughs> I did not change any of those. Um, I thought that that I was invisible and all my life I thought that I was special and, uh, you know, I wouldn't get arrested and I wouldn't go to jail and all these things that I never thought would happen, um, eventually did. Um, and so I ended up getting arrested multiple times, couple felonies on my record now, um, and, uh, lost custody of both of them. Um, you know, the, the last one or, um, my second son was quite traumatic of, you know, where I, you know, left him home alone and at three years old and got arrested during that time and uh, cops had to break down the door and go in and get him um, because I was so high and stealing things from Walmart and which you know got me arrested a second time or a third time and uh, so they took him and, and once my, once again my own mother had to step up and raise these two boys um, in her 50s and 60s um, because you know her daughter just um, didn't have her crap together. So that's kind of my story in, in a nutshell of um, you know just shoving everything to the side and and making drugs my number one priority and how to get them. So, Chelsea, I heard you a lot through that story, which thank you for sharing. This yes. is this is the bravest Ooh. one. I believe one of the bravest things you will ever do because you are putting your life in this glass box and just throwing. You have no idea where this will go, and when it involves your kids as well, like you are one of the bravest people I know. So I wanted to salute you thank before you. I mm-hmm. ask you this semi-hard question. Okay. Um, but I heard you say never a lot. I could never go. I could never go more than four hours. I could mm-hmm. never stop taking it. I could never, 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 never. But suddenly never became absolutely right now. What was the final straw for you? Was it once you lost the custody of your kids? What What was it? You know, you think that that would be enough. You yeah. think that um, losing my kids and... Um, you know, my family never wanting to be around me and, um, you know, just lack of communication from my entire family. I mean, my, my brothers hated me. Um, so I just, I had no one but, but the boyfriend. And, uh, so the, the final straw was not once, but two or three times in jail. This last time in jail, um, I remember I got pulled over, um, and, and they, uh, the cops knew my car, you know, it's, uh. That's another thing that I never thought would happen, that I would be so special to the cops. You're so popular. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) And so they got to the point where they they were just pulling me over for the heck of it. I wasn't even doing anything wrong, but they they assumed that, you know, something was going on. So I finally got arrested again, and um, um, the boyfriend handed me this bottle of pills and said, do something with it. And uh, so I took the bottle of pills and tried to tuck them away wherever I could. And as as I was doing that in the process, two cops came um, to both sides of the car and uh, said, get out of the car, put your hands behind your back. You know, when you hear, put your hands behind behind your back, you know you're going to jail. So I saw the second cop car roll up and I knew that I was, was, yeah, I was on my way. Um, so I was sitting in that, that jail cell um, in Cleveland County, 
and uh, I don't even remember half of it. Um, but I remember sitting there thinking, this cannot be my life. I was not raised this way. Um, you know, I was given every opportunity to succeed. Um, I had a I had a fairly good childhood, and uh, this was not the life that I was meant to to have. And so this is where God came in. Um, he. Um, upon that jail stay, um, I got a letter in the mail from an attorney. And um, so we hadn't contacted any attorneys um, or anything because we, we uh, my boyfriend and I spent many times in jail. And so we got you know, all these different letters and things from attorneys. But it was this one. And I don't know why um, this one was picked, but uh, we called the attorney and uh, he set us up with um, a guy who was, you know, a year sober himself, which isn't, you know, a whole lot of time. And he would meet with us every single um, week, I believe, or it was every month. And, uh, and I remember sitting at this Brahms that he would meet us at, and I would just be crying like, you know, I don't see my kids. I, I have no life. I'm just existing at this point. And uh, that's all I could do is cry um, because I didn't know what to do. And um, and so this, this guy that was helping us, he um, sent my boyfriend to treatment. And this is where these doors just opened, like one after another. So, um, you know, I got the number to a, a, a state-funded detox uh, because I didn't have insurance. I didn't have anything. Um, and so I stayed at this detox and um, for 10 days. And then another door opened. Um, I happened to, um, my boyfriend's mother happened to know somebody who worked at a state-funded facility. Um, and so she said that she had a bed for me um, if I, you know, hung on and, um, you know, give me 10 more days and, and there will be a bed available. And so it's just like one thing after another. God brought all these, the right people in my life. And, um, and as I gained steam or as I gained more um, so sober days underneath me, I began to realize that I can do this and life is worth living um, because it wasn't before. I just, I wanted to die. Um, so, um, sorry, <laughs> I get kind of emotional still because it's just, yeah. this is, you know, this was life or death for me. And um, it was God stringing together the right people at the right time. And had I not gone through everything that I did, I wouldn't cherish life as I do today. Um, so I believe it was, I mean, it was God. It was um, being tired of the same day over and over and over and not not having anything to do with my kids, not having, um, you know, a smile or, and I would envy uh, people that could laugh. And I just remember thinking that, um, you know, I, I miss watching funny movies. I miss um, being able to laugh, and, and that's what I do um, in sobriety is I laugh a lot today, and I make fun of um, the instances or situations that I put myself in during addiction. Um, but, yeah, that that was the final straw was just being tired and sick and tired of, of the same old, same old. So I saw a way out. Amen. Well, I... I'm just floored 
at you and floored at your story and what God did through you. And it just makes me love you all the more. And I think our listeners would say, I wish she was my neighbor. You know, it's like I said at the beginning, without knowing your full story, the messier it is, the more glorious it is when you see Christ turn it around. And that's just the way I'm feeling right now. But but I just want to ask, because Mel and I both had have had different traumas in life, which we all do to some extent or another, but this is, yours is like way over the top. So let me ask you, would you go back and change anything about your journey now that you know what you know and the perspective you have now? You know, I always, um, a great saying I love to use is, you know, God's timing is perfect. And um, had I not gone through everything, um, I would not be the person I am today. I'd still be that spoiled brat who judges everyone and everything. And uh, I look forward to the leaves changing colors. I look forward to Halloween and, and Christmas and, you know, just going all out and, and every holiday. And um, and uh, had I not gone through that, I would not be able to help other women that are going through what I have gone through. Uh, because a lot of people don't know how to help women. And um, so <laughs> little did I know... God would would put me in the in the front of all of this and lead the way and um, you know show other women that life is beautiful and it is possible to be happy and free. So. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she says with a smile and tears. Yes, and laughing a little bit. Did you see that? Yeah. I want to say before I ask this question that Chelsea gave us permission to ask this because this might seem a little insensitive, but you've talked a lot about that you don't have regrets because it made you who you are. Um, but I want to talk about your kids mm-hmm. and I'm seeing their faces and yeah. Pam, they're so perfect and incredible mm. and wild in their own ways. And Henri. <clears throat> and Henri. Yeah. Um, how did it affect them during and, and now? Because you have them back. Yes. You have your boys back and you know you have two be- beautiful just crazy little girls little girls (laughs) little divas um i don't know where they got that yeah i have no idea um so how has it affected them gosh um so i always thought that i would be that visiting mother i would never get custody back of my kids um so once uh, my oldest was born and i lost him um it just you know seemed to all these things piled up from, you know, the court systems and all these hoops I had to jump through and, and it just didn't seem possible. So when I got pregnant again, I was like, okay, I'll just start over and then, you know, I'll keep custody of him and I'll show all them that, you know, I'm a good mom. And then when I lost him again, uh, or lost him, it, uh, you know, I just, I, it became a, you know, a parent that I, I just was not cut out to be, um, a good mom. I was not cut out to, to fully care for my kids ever. Um, so my mother raised them for, for several years on my oldest. Um, my mom had from, you know, he was, since he was one to probably eight years old. Um, 
And so he grew up as my my mother being his mother. Um, so, f- you know, now they have a very tight bond. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful for her that she was able to step in and raise them, knowing that she did not have the energy um, or the funding um, to take care of them. But she did it because, you know, their family and those are her, you know, her grandkids. And um, so... When I got them back, um, when I finally got my crap together and uh, got them back, it was very, very rough in the beginning. Um, You know, my oldest would have meltdowns and, like, screaming tantrums. Like, I would take his Xbox, and you'd think I'd just cut his arm off, you know? And I just kept thinking, if this is how this is going to go, I might want to give them back, you know? (laughs) Um, and, and at the same time, it, it was kind of hurtful that, that my mother wasn't just as excited, you know, that I got them back um, as, but, you know, this was her, this was her life for years and years. And so now, you know, I was taking that or, you know, giving her more free time. And uh, so I can, you know, definitely see her point of view and, and what all she was going through. But it was very rocky. Um, in the beginning. And um, I did not know how to parent. I did not know how to do homework. Um, and uh, I did not know how to, to love them like a mother should because I missed out on all that bonding time. Um, so um, year after year, you know, it, I wish kids came with instructions. That would be fantastic. Um, but uh, they are so happy and um just joyous and you know we still have our ups and downs but I don't you know I don't think that they would trade it for the world um just to have their mother back in their life and uh, no resentments or because I always thought that I I've damaged them beyond belief and and they will never be normal but what is normal you know um they are very unique and very uh, fun-loving kids, and um, I'm just grateful that that my little ones never got to to see the the drug side of their mother or father, for that matter. Um, but yeah, they're when people say kids are resilient, I mean they're not lying. I'm like, but you yeah. don't know what I've been through. You don't know my <laughs> kids. You know they're special, just like their mother. And um, <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've bounced back every year. gets better and better. Um, you know, just seeing boys go through puberty and all of that. That's a, you know, (laughs) that is a challenge in itself. Um, but it's, it's nice to actually, you know, be able to hug them and say, you know, I love you. And, um, and to see their wins and, and hold them, you know, when they're not feeling great or, um, but I think that they have, they've come a long way uh, from adjusting and, you know, I mean, every change comes with turbulence and, and uh, just when you make it through it, you're going to be stronger in yeah. the end. Wow. And Pam, I can say, because I, sometimes I feel like I have a front row seat because my son and Chelsea's son are really good friends. Um, they went through something really traumatic last year uh, where a friend had committed suicide and I think that was the special bond for them because my son, I was in youth ministry, so I feel like he was around. He had no, I was all, I feel like I went to so many funerals for teenagers and I just told him like, this is your moment to lean in and be a good friend. And now I think that they're 
like if you were to say anything about Chelsea's son or anything about my son, like these boys would fight yeah. for each other. Uh-huh. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because um, you said they're normal, but he, he's not normal. Like you have an incredible, both all of your kids, but but your, especially your oldest that I spend the most time with, like he's a phenomenal young man. And Pam, the way he looks at his mom. <laughs> Give me the Kleenex. I'm getting emotional because Give me like, Kleenex. I'm telling you, like he's the way he looks at her and the way his demeanor changes. And Chelsea shows up. She doesn't do anything special, but we have to volunteer as baseball yes. moms. We have to, <laughs> Chelsea is there. She's at every practice. She's at every game. She's, and I am just, she shows up and it, it, he's not normal. He's mm. absolutely phenomenal because you show up and because of the way the Lord just yeah. made him. And so, um, it would be hard to regret what you've been through because it turned him into this just like very unique diamond. So he's yeah. my baby. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I love, love him. I love hearing that. And what I've heard you say twice that resonated with our moms, and I'm going to say it because I know it resonated with you, is that kids are resilient. Mm -hmm. Moms, I don't know what you're going through, but every single mom says, are my kids going to be okay? Or whether you're married or not, married women, you know, would say, are my kids going to be okay? It's just motherhood. It's the motherhood joy and the motherhood curse. Are my kids going to be okay? Mm -hmm. And kids are resilient. And I love that. But I have two questions I want to ask you. First of all, Chelsea, at what point or did you, did God enter into your life or did Christ enter into the picture? And you don't have to say much about that, but just comment on that for a moment. So I, I was raised Catholic, so I would, you know, grew up knowing um, about God. And, but the more I turned to drugs, the, the less he became. And, you know, I thought people that talked about God were hypocrites and I believed that for a very long time. And so I always had this bad picture of, of Christians for a long time um, because I just, you know, I hated myself. So I, I figured everybody else was just like me. They were unforgiving and judgmental and, um, you know, would, would never see the good in things. Um, and gosh, when I got sober, um, as much as I... I mean, I didn't necessarily fight it, but I really, you know, I didn't want to to play into it either. But this is when he showed up. Um, Just, you know, like I said, opening door after door, putting the right people in my life. And uh, because I'm one of those people where, you know, you kind of I have to see some things before I start to 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 believe. And I mean, there's no other explanation for how my my life has has you know, aligned and, and how, how things have just come together and at the right moments. And, um, it is, is very incredible because I, I should be dead right now. I should not be here. And, uh, the fact that my life is better today than I ever could have imagined. Um, and it's all because of him. Um, so I am so grateful. I love that. Your answer is just, just, Beautiful. Thank, Thank you for you. sharing that. It's just, just beautiful. I love it so much. You know, um, as you as you look back, I mean, I, do you have any regrets? You may have already answered that, but do you have any regrets looking back or things? You know, listen. Let me put it this way: Moms, we're going to always have regrets looking back. Okay, I do. Mel does. That's just the nature of the word motherhood. But um, 
regrets or they haunt you? Are you okay with them now? When I, mm-hmm. when I got sober in the beginning, that is what haunted me was I should have done this and mm-hmm. I should have done that. And, oh, I mean, I, I was never there for them and, and look how they've turned out and, you know, just all these different things of, of the chaos that I caused. Um, but, uh, you know, that is what kept me sick is living in this pity party of, oh, what I should have done, what I put them through. I can't change the past, um, but I can absolutely make their future different. And that is to continue to show up and continue to be in their lives and continue to always, you know, tell them to always do the right thing, even when it's hard, always do the right thing. And, uh, you know, that, that is, they are very proud of me. You know, my oldest wants me to come to his school and talk about drugs and alcohol and prevention. <laughs> and, you know, he's just like, mom, when are you going to do that? And, oh, you know, never so in my beautiful. life did I think that yes. he would be proud of a drug addict for a mother. You know, yeah. that's what I was labeled as. My mom was so bitter, um, through my addiction. Um, you know, my, my family's all successful. And then I was the drug addict of the family. And, um, you know, so that stuck with me. Um, but you know, I feel like I'm the happiest out of all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Oh, I do love that so much. That is so beautiful. I love that. he literally is obsessed with her, Pam. Okay, so well, sweet and cute, and yeah. I love it. And I'm like looking at my kid, going, "Hey, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding." <laughs> you know, Chelsea, I have um, I have a lot of people in my family um, that struggle with addiction, and what I've learned through that, and Al-Anon, and all the resources, is that. Um, I think some people might say addiction is a disease because they're trying to get across this idea that you don't just like stop. Like I used to be an addict and now I'm not. Um, In that word, I'm in recovery. Um, A long time ago, I memorized this quote by Confucius and it says, it does not matter how slowly you you go as long as you don't stop. And I think that that is addiction, right? That is recovery. And so I'm asking you this question, knowing all of those things of, um, you know, do you struggle? Are you cured, as people would say? Like, what keeps you sober? Because that's the reality, right? It's not that I'm no longer an addict. I'm I'm sober today. Never will I be cured as yeah. much as I would love that. Um, it's, it is a daily battle. Um, but the longer you go, and I think a relationship with God and your community is so crucial um, in recovery um, because there are always thoughts of, God, you know, this really sounds great right now, or this would really help me out, or this would yeah. really help me focus. Um, but that's all it is today is a thought. Um, and, um, you know, it is a constant, you have to constantly work at it and you have to constantly keep your community around you because, and that's why, you know, when I was on maternity leave for six weeks, it just really, really messed with my mental health because I felt like I was back in addiction almost just, you know, every day's the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, most people, you know, cherish being home and, you know, staying with their little one and, 
you know, it just brought me back to that that horrible time. And so I could not wait to get out of the house and start socializing again and, and just, you know, feeling the sun on my skin and um, just being able to to go back to my consistent routine. Um, and uh, but it is it is a constant battle. It's it's you're never cured, unfortunately. And a lot of people believe that and and uh, they can make it several years. But there are people relapsing at, you know, 14 years sober, 20 years sober. And, and I do not want to do that because you pick up right where you let, leave off. Yeah. It's just as bad as when you quit. Um, and so I don't think I have another chance in me. Um, I think the next stop is death for me. So Ooh. I have to continue to put my recovery first, um, you know, as, as you know, it's, but it's, it's so worth it. So I don't look at it as any kind of punishment or chore. Um, I look at it as, you know, keeping my life that I have today. Mm-hmm. I love that. What a beautiful answer. That's another excellent answer. Honest answer. I love real answers, honest answers. And you know what? Our time's almost up. But before we close, Chelsea, um, is there anything else you would like to say to our moms? I would just like to... Um, reiterate that God's timing is perfect. And as much as I like to take control and panic and worry and, you know, that things aren't going to fall into place the way that they need to, in my opinion, I know that he is always with me and he is always in control. As much as I like to try and take back that control, um, he is always with you. And uh, to never to never give up. And if you are struggling with addiction, um, you know, it's, it has nothing to be ashamed of. That is the, the hardest part is reaching out for help. Um, and so just know that you can never give up. Do not ever give up. As long as there is breath in your lungs, it is never too late to, to change and, um, to, to live a better life and have a better future for you and your kiddos. Mm, I love that. Well, Chelsea, thank you for being brave and sharing your story with us and all of our incredible single moms. What a great reminder that it is never too late to be a great mom, that it is never too late to receive forgiveness, that it is never too late for redemption, to change our story and our children's stories. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace.